Wednesday, the 5 o'clock hour has started. Jared Sandler, Texas Rangers broadcaster, uh, joining us as we speak. Jared, good job out there getting to the bottom of what that section 133 was up to. I mean, I, that was uh, there was some chance going on. Hello? There was some. Jared, do you have me? Oh, I got you now. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Do you have All those right. like? Uh, do you have your ear pods in or something? What are you What are you doing right no, now? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just I'm just hanging out inside the home of. Uh, uh, the first place Texas Rangers. I'm now moving away oh. from all the music, though, so maybe that will yeah, help. I, oh, I'm fine with music. Ambient noise does not bother me much at all. Uh, it. Uh, by the way, did you look down and see Leiter uh, uh, throwing some of those pitches? I think he was seeing some uh, live hitters um, down there, and I was I was seeing some of that earlier. Uh, some of the brass, the assembled Rangers brass, were around, kind of checking things out. What? Uh, What's going on? I mean, I it's uh it, we've been having so much fun with the big league team that we kind of forget sometimes about some of these top prospects. But he had uh, he had been struggling earlier in the year. Uh, what are you hearing about the young lighter? And what was uh, what were they? What were you? What do you think they were kind of just checking out? Uh, maybe to see what kind of progress he's made. Yeah, I think they just wanted to get some eyes on him. And, and you're right, they had a lot of the the big wigs there. You know, Chris Young was was there. Uh, it had Ian Kinsler and Michael Young there, and then uh, you know a lot of the uh, you know other members of the front office, and then you know people from the major league staff, including Mike Maddox, who uh, got to spend some time around him. And I, I think it was just to kind of check in. I think they wanted to you know look to see where things were mechanically or where things are mechanically, which has been the big focus. And you know the 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 word biomechanics uh, you know was thrown around and just body stuff and. Uh, you know, it was an opportunity for him to throw some live pitching. There's no real plan as of now uh, that at least that they're going to share as far as what the next steps are. But, you know, there's no there's no doubt that this has been, uh, you know, a, a disappointing year uh, in terms of his growth and development. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that while that is certainly true, what's also true is he's young and um, the stuff is there, uh, and, and you know the ability that he has with his fastball is is so uh, is so strong that I, while it seems like he's far away, I think they just feel like if they can get him moving in one direction mechanically, that things can really start to get going. Um, and again, he is still so young that it's not like this is uh, uh, you know already uh, you know the mm-hmm. end of the road or anything. But there's also no denying that his his path, his journey has not been uh, one that you would expect for a guy who was taken second overall. Yeah, and, and great college pitchers, there's sometimes we think we're going to see them sooner rather than later, so we'll keep our eye on that situation. Boy, on a brighter note, Corey Seager, uh, what an amazing run he's having. Now, will he at some point, uh, Jared, be able to catch up on these plate appearances and we can get him as long as he doesn't have another stint? Uh, on the injury list, uh, on the IL, uh, will he at some point maybe uh, jump in there? Because the season he's having, I mean, he could he could easily be in the MVP race if not for those stints where he's missed uh, 
several games. And he came back sooner than we thought from this last one. But what a what a remarkable uh, – uh, I mean, he right now – but, man, it's just amazing when he gets on one of these runs. And quite honestly, he's just been great all season. Yeah, and, and he is in position to qualify uh, here in a few weeks. He's uh, you have to end up with 502 plate appearances. It's it's okay. an antiquated uh, bar. I don't know why it is what it is. Uh, a lot of people want it to, to change because you just don't have as many guys who play, uh, you know, 162 or close to it. Uh, but it's 3.1 plate appearances per team game. So if you do the math, 162 games, you get to 502. But he, he will get there as long as he doesn't go back on the I.L., uh, and so that puts him in position to win a batting title. And, you know, I, I guess for whatever awards are, are there for the taking, maybe it gets him, you know, a little more consideration. But, yeah, I mean, it is a, a shame that it seems like, you know, Shohei Otani winning the MVP is a fait accompli. And you know, mm-hmm. I had someone asked me the other day, well, you know, doesn't it count for something that Corey Seager's on a good team? And, uh, you know, you mentioned him carrying the team, and you're right. I mean, it's it's not like it's necessary and it's tough to do in baseball, but uh, the Rangers are 15-2 and two in his the last 17 games in which he's played. Uh, mm. But, you know, we've seen it, right? Like Alex Rodriguez won an MVP with the Rangers, and he was unbelievable, and they still didn't sniff the playoffs. And one guy uh, just in, in this sport compared to, say, basketball, uh, it's it's not going to have the same direct impact on the team. Uh, and so it's tough to argue against Shohei Otani. It's also not fair to hold other players to the standard of being a two-way player. Uh, but I think if Shohei Otani was just an above-average pitcher, that'd be one thing. The fact that he's as good as he is makes it difficult. But it's really unfortunate because Corey Seager's you know, arguably, arguably putting together the best season in Rangers history from an offensive standpoint. He's not going to have the counting numbers because of time missed, even though he's he's hitting at a pace to you know be a 45 home run hitter if he played say 154 games, uh, but he's got a chance to have the best batting average in a single season. Uh, it, it, unless he really takes a nosedive, he'll likely have the best slugging percentage, the best OPS. I mean, you know what he's done is is remarkable, and um, I just wish more people around the league were talking about uh, how unique of a season he's having, but. Uh, you know, the Rangers, uh, you know, not being in New York or Boston or L.A. And, and the fact that the Rangers haven't been competitive prior to this year, I think probably hurts. And then the fact that they're Shohei Otani, uh, deservedly so, getting a lot of the, the chatter probably takes away from Corey Seager's attention as well. Who? What is his swing? It's so pretty. And I think back to, like, left-handed swings over the years. For a guy my age, like Will Clark just had that swing that was iconic, and he had such a personality. But there's just certain s- swings that just there's a beauty to it. Uh, Griffey Jr. obviously had it. I mean, watching him in person, it was just so gorgeous. But you see a lot of these swings. That Seeger, when he, there's just something about the motion, and when he loads up, I mean, it's one of the prettier swings we've seen with the Rangers over the years. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, what in your lifetime or, you know, your fandom, what are the left-handed swings that, that, that stand out the most to you? Yeah, I mean, the, you mentioned Griffey. I mean, Griffey's, Griffey's number one uh, for sure. I, I don't want to compare 
I, I, this is going to be a, a funky comparison. I, the, the, when I watch Corey, I think more of a guy like Barry Bonds, and I'm not at all comparing the, mm-hmm. the careers or anything, but if you go back and watch Barry, you know, Barry had a very short to the ball swing. Uh, and, you know, Barry had a little bit of a, a bat jerking movement uh, as he was, you know, waiting the, the pitcher to come set. But like, it just, once the pitcher came set, it was a pretty quiet swing. You know, he choked up, Corey chokes up a little bit. Uh, and it was very, I, I guess the, the word I've, I've heard used to describe both of their swings is just very geometric. Uh, and with with Corey, he spends so much time uh, on body positioning. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll get in front of a, a camera, and he might, over the course of 30 minutes, take five or six swings. But he's going to stand there and make sure that he is naturally and comfortably getting his body at various points in the right spot. And you can really tell if you, you know, watch him swing, you watch him get in the box. If you go to a game, I don't know, you know, if the TV gets on him in time, you know, some guys will get in the box, they'll kind of kick dirt and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll swing their bat against their cleats and just do like these nervous habitual movements. Corey gets in the box, he digs in and he, he kind of like leans forward a little bit and then he leans back until he gets to the point where he feels like that's where his body is. And he just waits. Like there's not a lot of movement there. And so much of his swing is about, you know, everything other than the swing and the body positioning. And he has, you know, is a master of his body in that regard. And and that's, you know, a big key to his success. Whereas, you know, a lot of people it's, it's about just the, the swing uh, mm-hmm. And you know the the movement of the arms. Not that the body doesn't play a role or anything, but you know they'll take people will take fifty, seventy, five, hundred swings. You know before a game, Corey doesn't take that many swings. It's it's really about getting his body in place. Yeah, yeah. It's funny to see Simeon and and Seager now just bashing it. And when when they got all that money and the Rangers didn't get immediate results, you know, winning, we thought, oh my gosh, did they? And now you support that with amazing starting pitching, pretty good bullpen here lately, and it's just a whole different feeling. This uh, this this is this starting rotation has been like historical. I mean, in in to get these new pitchers, uh, we'll include you know include obviously Chapman in that, but it the numbers are crazy. Uh, six starts in ten relief innings uh, at two oh five. ERA, Scherzer, Montgomery, and Stratton. Uh, and I think Stratton gave up a couple of runs recently that it would be even lower. I mean, Jared, I mean, the, the, the turnaround of a rotation that was leaking oil, um, I don't recall seeing anything quite this dramatic. We remember Cliff Lee. We remember other deals. Hamels coming in, making a dread. But nothing, nothing like this, where it's like the entire rotation has been injected with something, you know, with, with just, yeah. it, it's just like, it's, it's pretty remarkable to watch. No, they, they've been awesome this month. Uh, and, and, you know, it's crazy. They've got the best rotation ERA in major league baseball, not, not just this month, all year. Mm-hmm. They, their starting rotation leads major league baseball in ERA. And I, I tweeted this earlier, just the year by year rankings for the Rangers. Obviously everyone knows that this is an organization that's been more defined by hitting than pitching. And, and they had some good, pitching in the 70s when they first moved and then in 1983 which was a good season 
But for the most part, this is an organization that hasn't just been in the bottom half uh, in, in terms of starters ERA in the league, but like bottom third and in, in some cases like the bottom five. And uh, even in, in 20, uh, 2011 and then 2015 and 2016 when the Rangers uh, last made the playoffs, you know, their rotation ERA was middle of the pack at best. But, you know, this is a group that has been largely without Jacob deGrom. They have now been without Nathan Avaldi for a considerable amount of time. They're two best pitchers. John Gray has been banged up a little bit, yet here they are. They've got the best rotation ERA in Major League Baseball, and that's because of the depth. You know, Dane Dunning uh, has stepped up and been really good. Andrew Heaney's had his ups and downs, but I think, you know, on the whole, you think about what you're getting out of a number four, number five starter, that's pretty darn good as well. Uh, and then, of course, when Nathan Avaldi was healthy and, and hopefully will be back soon, you know, he's been really good for this team. So it's just really impressive what they've done. A, a turnaround, like you mentioned, just in, in less than a year to go from where they were last year to where they are this year. Uh, and the one thing I'll throw out, Matt, I, I, I don't think it gets talked about enough. This team defensively has gone from a, a, a pretty curious, maybe even uh, poor defensive team to in a year in which defense has become harder with the change in rules, they've become a very good defensive team, one of the best in baseball, and there's no doubt that that's played a part in this whole equation too. Yeah, and, and you you put Zeke over there. You got Jankowski roaming around left field. Uh, sometimes you're you know Martinez has been hard to get out of the lineup. He's been so good roaming around in center. I mean, is it, you've got a lot of pieces coming in. It's not like it's the same defense every night. You know, Himes a really good defensive catcher. Garver's been getting a lot of time at catcher. You can't even get Hedges on the field. Um, so that's that's what's crazy about the improved defense is it's not it's not like it's the same lineup every night, is it? No, yeah, the depth. I mean, the depth has been huge, and you know they've uh, obviously dealt with injuries on the position player side right now with Josh Young, Corey. You know, has missed time, and uh, now Jonah is back, kind of in a. a a limited basis because he's only going to swing left-handed. But, you know, when all these guys go down, I mean, that's, those are not just three all-stars, but three all-star starters and guys have stepped up and, and yeah, you know, they've stepped up with the bats, but they stepped up defensively as well. And in the case of Mitch Garver, the Rangers have won 11 straight games. He's caught. Uh, and, you know, I don't know that defense has ever really been his calling card, but uh, Bruce Bochy earlier today, it was actually asked about it. He, he was really quick to, to credit you know, Mitch Garver for the work he's done with the pitchers. I mean, he doesn't have the best arm necessarily. He's, he's not going to frame or block the way that Jonah Heim does. But, uh, you know, he's, he's done a nice job. And, uh, yeah, the Rangers have a very athletic team that gives them flexibility defensively, and it's a big reason why uh, the defense, even though it doesn't get talked about as much, uh, has been as strong and probably as impactful as it has been. Jared Sandler, Rangers Radio, joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. It's funny, when you said 1983, the kid in me immediately like started trying to think of that rotation. And I would have had, I, I think it was probably Charlie Huff, Danny Darwin, Matt Lack may have been on that, and maybe like Rick Honeycutt or somebody like that. So <laughs> I started, it just sends me to my youth. And uh, when you mentioned 1983, I started flashing back to some of those uh, some of those names. And I'm sure you go down rabbit holes like that uh, all the time covering baseball and like, wait, who was, who was that team? But those were, uh, those were the old powder blue uniforms, weren't they, back in the early 80s? Yeah, thanks. 
Mike Smithson and, and Frank Tanana were a part of that rotation. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and that was back when it was so tough to make the playoffs. You know, the Rangers, the Rangers didn't make the playoffs until uh, the, was it the 96 season? And, you know, obviously that's quite a long time since, uh, you know, they, they moved to Arlington to have to wait for the playoffs. But you know, I think people now, when they think of that, they think, gosh, you know, for 20 something years, they were just a cellar dweller. And there's no doubt the Rangers had some really bad teams in that stretch, but they also had some really good teams. It just, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like today where, you know, mm-hmm. you have six teams per league that make the playoffs or a lot of my childhood where you had four teams per league, the three division winners in a wild card. Uh, you know, it, it, Matt, we were in San Francisco the other day uh, and they honored on Saturday, the 1993 giants, the 1993 giants won 102 games. And I went back and I was just trying to look and I mean, they honored a team that didn't even make the playoffs because back then <laughs> you had the two division winners <laughs> from each league. And so you, you sent, there were four total teams that made the playoffs. And so it's just, yeah, you know, that 1983 team, they could, you know, that's one of the better pitching teams that the Rangers have ever had. And um, it's a different time. It's tough to compare some of the numbers, but from an ERA standpoint, I think that team ended up second in major league baseball in ERA. And uh, this team here with the Rangers uh, right now, currently in first. By the way, did you like that? uh, The giants TV broadcaster dave fleming serving as the uh, ball boy i think he lost a bet in the clubhouse for fantasy football and i'm sure a lot of rangers are doing their drafts and doing fantasy football that uh i'd like to see you jared get involved in a a good bet like that but uh he he looked like he was doing a pretty good job like he wasn't you know i mean he kind of was you know taking care of business and wasn't hamming it up too much, but uh, that was kind of fun to see a, a pretty well-known broadcaster serving as the ball boy. And I think he found out it's not the easiest job in the world. Like, there's a lot involved, and, and they had him running around quite a bit. Yeah, and, you know, there's a little I, – I, 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 I don't uh, – I'm not making a joke of this when I say I, – you know, I've talked to uh, Tim, who does it on the visiting side for the Rangers, and then Jackson, who does it on the home side. There's a lot more pressure because with the pitch clock, uh, they are now like they've got to be on their toes. Uh, the game's not like they don't want to be the one that holds up the game because they're going to get in trouble. Uh, and so <laughs> I guess that I was told that, like, I'm not joking. Before the year, I guess all bat boys were there was like a memo or something. They were told, like, hey, uh, you know, you guys got to get your heads out of your, you know what, because there can't be any dead time because you're, you know, just scratching your butt. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Dave Fleming was put to work. It was fun to see and that, you know, they mic'd him up. They got some good content out of it, which is nice. All right. Yeah, I need to get you and Eric and the gang, get Matt Hicks running around down there. I think Matt would would do a nice job. Jared, I yeah. appreciate it, man. Keep up the good work. And uh, it's uh, this a uh, it's a lot of fun. I think it is perhaps dollar hot dog night. I mean, you got Otani. My buddy's, by the way, so bummed. My, I had to break the news to him the other day before tennis. He's like, I'm going to see Otani pitch Wednesday. And I had to be the one to say, yeah, they. he's got tired arm. He's not pitching. And it was just yeah. he, was so, he was so downcast. But still, to see him hit is a, is a lot of fun. I appreciate it, Jared. You got it, Matt. Thanks for having me. You bet. Jared Sandler, Rangers Radio Network.